definitely catch you. Welcome, this is WHLC Radio. Um, I'm your host, Johnny Jones, again. This is our second episode, Live Online. Uh, today we have our regular guest host, and we have two special guests. Please introduce yourselves. Um, I go by the name of Cut Castro from Northside Double C's I-95. Calling with this gangster, Swish. That's a lot. <laughs> yes, I don't have a big introduction, but my name is Joni. Um, my name is Karen, and I'm a psychology major. Mm-hmm. And my name is Jesse, and I'm a, poly- I'm a political science major. Nice. Uh, what are you guys majors, the two that didn't answer? Um, I'm a social work major. And mm-hmm. I major in sociology. Sweet. Uh, uh, why did you guys decide to get into that field? Mm. I mean, I got my answer. Uh, it just seemed more interesting than psychology. The mm. <laughs> uh, reason why I got into social work because I've been like helping people for years for free. So I figured maybe that maybe I can help people just in general. And I always feel like you have to give back to your community in some sense, form mm-hmm. or fashion. So that's why I picked the major. Okay, folks, uh, we have a range of topics today. Uh, we've got a lot going on. Um, let's see what... Um, okay, we're going to go with Occupy Wall Street and their reaction. As you know, the mayor of New York City has decided to get rid of them right now. They've taken the tents away. A judge said they don't have the right to have tents and books and a bunch of other things. And it's also translating to places like Portland and Oakland and all over the world, really. What are your thoughts? Who would like to go first? Hey, Jesse, uh, why don't you take the floor? All right. um, With the way that the whole situation went down Tuesday, it was like you knew it was going to happen because they because first of all that that Sukhali Park is private pro- property and you and you can't you know just occupy something that somebody else owns mm-hmm. that's meant for public use I concur yeah, right, still, Castro go ahead yeah yeah and still um I think it was planned as well because Bloomberg told every news station to leave so they wouldn't have no type of like raw footage because people was also getting beat down and pepper sprayed and I think that you don't if this is like the land of the free and you know freedom of speech is what we stand for you shouldn't have to like do it in a uh, malicious way and violently like that's the part I didn't like at all like I think you know people need to focus on like what's the issue like they're fighting for a good cause against big businesses that's the real reason you know do you think that they should be allowed to have tents and books and all that stuff because of their right to protest yeah why not definitely mm-hmm. you got to have a roof over your head mm. do you think uh what do you think about mayor bloomberg's decision to do so and other mayors deciding to get rid of the occupy movement Anybody else want to talk? No. All right, look. You, you want <laughs> It feels like they're just trying to silence us. They're not really doing anything about it. They're just trying to, like, push us away and make us go back home, back to what we were doing. And I don't think it's right. Like, you know, we, we want to say something that 
we we think what's going on is not right and they just you know for the first week that it was happening they didn't even report it on the newspapers and nobody even knew it was some people didn't even know it was happening until you know it got bigger and more people joined it's like they just want us to stay quiet and go back to our lives and keep doing what they're doing and i don't think it's right Mm -hmm. i agree because um also like most of the people that own the uh the corporation of like channel five and channel six the people in the occupy wall street they're going against them so they're not going to show what's really going on because they're talking about them on top of that, I believe, yeah, they should have a place to stay because when they want to shoot Batman or the next Spider-Man movie, they'll shut down a whole uh, street just based off of money because they feel like that's important. But when there's no money involved, they feel like other people shouldn't shut down a whole block, which is like kind of like contradicting. What do you guys say to some people who say that the Occupy movement is becoming too costly? It's just too much money being spent on security and all that stuff. Uh, Jesse, you probably have a good take on that. Um, well, first of all, I would say look at the war we fight, that we've been fighting for 10 years. You know, compared to the Occupy Wall Street movement, the, you know, that, that you know, especially the, the Occupy Wall Street movement here in New York City has actually been more peaceful compared to what's happened in other states. Mm. I, I think that... You know, paying the cops extra time to to stay there and stuff. I don't think the cops are really necessary. We're not really destroying anything. We're just occupying the area. It's not like we're burning sticks and, you know, trying to take the place down. We're just occupying the area to be noticed and to be taken into account what we're trying to say. What would you say, uh, I've heard on the radio of people saying that a bunch of the Occupy Wall Street people are hipsters and they don't know what's going on with the world or they're they're not making any positive contributions. What would, what would you say about that? I don't think that's accurate because a lot of those people have, they have actual degrees and they just can't find a job or anything and they haven't been able to make anything of it because it's just too populated out there and there's not enough occupations uh are any of our new guests yeah she had right on there i think most of them they're fighting for a good cause for the simple fact that most of these big businesses they they have people probably in their family or relatives and they, they're stealing money and they just use like I guess the people that was out there as peasants who's really doing the real work and they're not like getting a fair share you know mm-hmm. as well so they they basically fighting for something that they know they're fighting for they're not out there just to be out there because of the sun's shining or the raindrops falling on top of their head uh, each of you I want you to give uh, one thing that you really want to see come from the Occupy movement just one change or just a new idea let's start with uh cut go ahead i'd like to see social justice i think i believe everybody deserve a fair shot it shouldn't be because of who you know and who you're affiliated or what type of power status you have in this life like i think everybody deserves a fair shot mm-hmm. sounds good i was thinking the same thing like they're not giving the citizens like 
a fair chance at anything. And the minute that they want to speak out, they shut them right down. So I would like to see them get a chance to. I think um, they should be heard, and you know something should they should something should be done about it. Like they shouldn't just be heard and just be put aside. Like they should change something and make it so that we can they can somehow you know find a job or something that's not you know flipping burgers at McDonald's or something like that. Um, I think I want to see the whole system revamped because. It seems to me that everybody. It seems to me that the the people in power most likely has has their priorities mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, I kind of look at it and I say to myself, not everyone can afford a congressman. Like it takes forty thousand dollars for me to take out a congressman at lunch to talk to him about the things that I want him to do for uh, the country. And a lot of people can't afford to play a political game. And would you agree that joining the political game is not re- hasn't really been working? Like doing what our parents or our parents' generation has told us to do time and time again just seems to. You believe in something. You give your time and energy towards it. You lobby and. At the end of the day, the thing that you're fighting for, sometimes you can't even remember it anymore. What do you, what do you guys, what's your take on it? That, that could be also, yeah, there's some truth to that, as well as, even if you do try to fight for something, and you do have a, a support from a lot of people, they will try to make you... Um, out to be a radical because media controls everything. It's the same thing that's been going on in history with Ann Hutchinson, Thomas Paine, Malcolm X. Like, they made them out to be a radical, but evidently they was fighting for something that, that needed to be fought for, which is, like, peace and love, like, and social justice. So you can try to do as much as thing as you want, but they're going to make you seem like a, a straight radical, like you're crazy off the board. So it will never be fair. Even if you do get into a position of power to try to get into the Congress, they'll probably shape you and mold you to something like who they are because you're the minority. You're not the majority. So it will it will never pan out to be what you want it to be. Anyone else? Hmm. If you can... Well, what would you tell the people who are currently occupying Wall Street and other parts of the world right now? Like, what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, um, the 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 advice I would give them is to, you know, find a focus point and then put their strategy together because what you have right now is a group of people that have split up interests. But I think that they, their message would be a lot stronger if they all had one, one, one focus in mind. Sounds pretty good. We're going to take a couple of minutes, uh, take a minute break, and we'll be right back with the Weekly Scholar. I'm your host, John Jones. Okay, we're back. 
That was a short break, I know. Uh, folks, just telling you, uh, just a reminder, if you'd like to contribute to the show in any way or if you have any comments or questions, please email us at weeklyscholar at yahoo.com. Is that correct, Jesse? I think it's weekly.scholar at yahoo.com. All right. Uh, try one of those and try to get back to us. I, I I think you're wrong, Jesse. I think it's weekly scholar at yahoo.com. Let's go. Let's go with me on that one, folks. If I'm wrong, I'll I'll buy Jesse a steak or something like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> me too. Uh, next subject. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, man, you have to I'm going that. broke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next uh, topic of discussion: bad political leadership. How do you feel about our political leadership currently in the United States of America? Uh, we're gonna go for. Let's start with the ladies. Which leader exactly? Let's start with the ladies. She said, "Which leader? What leader? Any political leader?" How do you feel as a whole? Is he weak? Is he strong? Um. As a whole, political leadership in America. Oh. What do you think? See, now that's 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 got me thinking differently now. Yeah, sometimes the question, when you phrase it differently. But uh, take a stab at it. What do you think? Well, it depends who's in office, if you think about it. Just what's been going on currently? Like, what do you see now? What do you see is lacking with the political leadership? My field is more education, so they're not... The political leaders that we have now is not doing anything to help benefit the kids now in school. That's not even just New York State, which is bad, but like most states in the United States. They need to to revamp the whole education system. They need to start universalizing and start nationalizing. Things. The crazy thing is, right now, the United States Congress can't get anything done about education. No, I was reading yesterday, the only thing that they could get done was classifying that the paste they use as pizza as a vegetable. That's the only thing they could get done. They couldn't get any educational policy done or anything like that. They spent months on food, on just classifying food to benefit companies well what are your thoughts on that mm. you said to benefit companies you said yeah of course they're not even looking at schools as institutions for children to actually learn anything it's all about business that's all it is every child they see has dollar signs on top of their heads so so uh, do the rest of you agree i feel yes. like yeah i feel like they're they're only looking out for the people that they think are going to make a difference. And then they're just downplaying everybody else. Like like she said, it's a business. Like, for example, when they fund schools that, you know, have smart kids mm-hmm. and they don't fund the other ones right. because they feel, you know, that all oh, these guys are going to make a difference. These guys are not going to make it. They're just going to, you know, go some other path. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I think there was a, a school, like, around Fifth Ave who got iPods and, and 
you know, iPads and um, uh, Kindle readers. And it's more so like the location, basically what you just said, like where they're from. Like, there's there's a, a district around where I live at who probably would never see nothing like that. You know, that like, that's not fair. Like, wh what does a fifth grader need an iPad for? It makes no sense, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, it really doesn't. Especially when you look at the conditions of the schools around New York City, you'll see that a lot of them are really poor and that the class sizes are gigantic and just where where are our leaders' priorities right now? Like can they even see what's going on with their leadership and what they're doing? I see you nodding in your head, what's going on in your mind? <laughs> no. Just thinking about something else. It's in a bad place because they don't live where we live at. <laughs> That's something. They don't so, know. They don't know what's, go, what's going on. A lot of things need to be fixed mm -hmm. and changed. Like a lot of schools are closing down because they don't have funds, and then a lot of schools keep turning into. You know, they keep making one school into four schools mm -hmm. right. because they're trying to. You know, put just squish it all together, and it's not working. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of political leaders. I think they're just based on money. Mm -hmm. Like if you take the mayor off of Bloomberg. He owns a lot of property, mm -hmm. and he's going to continue to do that. Like, it's just based on money and power. It's not based on trying to help anybody. Like, Giuliani was a district attorney, and he shifted over to Bloomberg after 9-11. Like, it's like, it's, it's all about association. It's never about the merit or the proper accolades a person has who's in office. It's never about that. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think about other things that are going on that our political leaders are trying to do. Um, I watch the Republican debates and I look at this and a lot of people laugh, but I I die inside a little bit every time I watch it because I'm like, these are some of these people are actually leaders in my Congress and my Senate. <laughs> and I say to myself, they're fighting about things that, like Rick Perry says he wants to get rid of two institutions. Well, he's at three, but he couldn't remember the other one. And I'm looking at the institutions he wants to get, and I'm like, you can't get rid of those institutions. Try to make them better, but don't get rid of them. <laughs> what do you guys think? Well, I can only think of one recently right now. They're trying to censor the Internet, and I think it's November 20-something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're trying to change things that don't need to be changed, and then they're not even paying attention to the things that need to be changed. And I don't think there's, you know, if they censor the internet, then they're already downplaying amendment number one, which is freedom of speech. And then, you know, getting all that, all those funds to censor the internet for what? Mm -hmm. As well as I, I look at things and I say, a lot of our political leaders, instead of using their funds that they have to make the world better, they're using it to give it. Uh, they're using it to give tax breaks to companies that take jobs overseas. Um, like, if you were in a position of power like that, would you really be giving tax breaks to gigantic companies, or would you be reinvesting it? Um. Yeah, go I'd ahead, probably, Jesse. Uh, I'd probably reinvest it because it, it's no point in me giving a tax break to a company that's not producing, that's not doing what they need to do. And plus, on top of that, you know, the only thing that's more important than business is the education. Mm -hmm. You know, because, and that's simply because, you know, like, if you, you want your child to be the best, then you got to put the best for it. Yeah. 
I look at people that say social Darwinism and they they say let the weak uh, die out, and I'm looking at them and I'm like, you guys are saving companies left and right. You you can't you can't say that. You can't can't say let the weak die out when you will not let a company that is taking jobs overseas or that cannot live without the tax breaks or subsidies we give them. Um, the thing is, I, I think they're misusing the word. Um, they're misusing the term "let the weak die out" mm-hmm. because, first of all, like you know, as we all know, children are not weak; they're very bright. Yeah. And I think is, and I think is that, and I mentioned this to my my partners earlier that I think that you know to to overlook a child is 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 a, is a big mistake, mm-hmm. and. And, and when you take something that's in the business world and you try to apply it to personal life, sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, it's one it's one thing for two businesses two businesses to compete, and one not be able to compete at all. Then yeah, of course, then that business is going to be eaten up. But with a child, it's a different story because they're in development. Mm-hmm. Last question, last question for this subject. Whatever each one of you give uh, one thing that can be done to change how our political leaders think or what do you think or if you could say anything to them uh, let's go with the ladies ladies first I think they should stop thinking about themselves or what other people want them to do mm-hmm. start thinking about what the country needs what the people need that's about it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, knowing that a lot of well, schools are mostly funded from property taxes, which is why in suburban areas the schools are way more successful than urban areas. Mm-hmm. Um, that means the problem is starting within the communities and not in the school. It's mm-hmm. just finishing in the schools. So these political leaders need to start bringing up these communities, investing more money in the communities. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, stop worrying about feeding your pockets and start worrying about helping the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, put the public's business first before your personal need or greed. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, well, that's all we're going to spend for this topic, but uh, one of our guests uh, kind of alluded to getting to the next topic, and that's education in America. <laughs> so education in America, it's it's bad. It, I think we're like 17th in the world. We're, we're not that good. But the thing is, I... I look at it and I say, how are we measuring? How are we measuring education in the United States of America compared to other countries? We have to look at it like this: a lot of other countries do not have free education. They don't. They don't have free education. A lot of them, if they do have free education, it's you have to be at a certain standard. Meeting, you have to pass tests, or you have to do this, or be good at math. And if you can't do that, then you're put into like another standard of school, schooling, or you're not allowed to go to school. A lot of poor places are like that, where if you can't make the cut, if you can't pass the test, your educational pursuits are over. You are going to be doing something else. 
Um, a lot of rich European countries have free education and stuff like that. But even then, like if you can't make the cut at a certain institution, they'll put you at a lower institution where you probably can. Here, education is free for uh, high school education. At least is free for everyone. So when we do, and also we test people on math and science all the time because around the world, that's the only thing we can really test for. We can't test for people who are actually like someone may be bad at math, but they maybe they're a good dancer, or maybe they're good at film or art and stuff like that. We never really pour into anything like that, and we don't invest in them. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on all that? Um. Yes, Jesse. I think that we focus a lot on math and science because it's a universal thing, mm-hmm. and basically they they want to be shown as the best but they're not but they but it seems like they're they're isolating other talents that kids have mm-hmm. whereas you know sometimes it it could actually be the other talents that the world actually can recognize but we but they don't see it because we we're, we're glorifying math and science and, and reading and writing which is important but you know they kind of forget that other talents are just as important uh, do the others agree? Yeah, most definitely. Also, Cut, can you do you know anything in your life which tells you that this is true? Yeah, um, when I went to high school and they was teaching us about just little stuff, pilgrims and Indians and Thanksgiving. They never told you the real story to like. Well, I didn't find out the real story until being around certain people that knew the real story and I didn't get it from school so it's just certain things like that like they they they, they sweep away the real story in school and I think that's that's a problem mm-hmm. you know just to, just to try to make someone look good like Christopher Columbus like he wasn't a good person no he wasn't even the first person that found America you know but they have to have someone and I think in terms of education that's not good it's like like real bad like just history like even when they talk about like slaves like they don't give like all the stories they just give what stories they think may sound good so you're saying education in America can be boring at times especially at the high school level you're wondering why do you do you ask yourself why are you did you ask yourself why were you there like did you learn a lot in high school or did you learn how to take a test? It depends on what school you went to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does depend what school you go to. Um, the school I happened to go to, it wasn't learning to take a test. Mm-hmm. It was it prepared me well for college. Um, the reason why I would have, I mean, it was still boring. Mm-hmm. It was boring in a sense that because what I was being taught was false. Mm-hmm. Like Hutt was saying, like, they don't teach you the real thing. If we heard the real stories, you know how interested people would be? Mm-hmm. They don't want that to happen. It's it's like brainwashing you. They want you to grow up to be the people they want you to be. Which is down at the bottom. Uh, the thing that's happening a lot in our generation is that our generation can, can detect 
we can attack things better than a lot of previous generations. If some, if a professor says something, we can Google it just in the next one minute or two. Yeah, that happened recently. Um, when when the guy, there was a guy over there. He said, um, Socrates was poison, and it was I think it was me and Liz and we all back and said like, no, didn't they? They kill him, like. But it's just he's not from here, mm-hmm. so whatever they taught him, he always believed that Socrates was poison, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one thing you can say about our generation. We do like to research, like we do <laughs> like we do like our Google. What do you think should be done about education in America? It's a big topic. I know. I see your faces. So it's, much mm-hmm. needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But like. Um, uh, uh, well, I'll I'll say a little bit. Me personally, I kind of think we need to start changing what we do with high schools and stuff like that. I see a need for different things. You can't just get out of high school and figure out what you want to do right away. I look at it and like during your high school career, you could. Why don't you have schools where you can get your high school degree and your associates or where you can get a degree so you can become a chef or just do other things? I mean, right now there are people who are who have bachelor's degrees who are truck drivers. And they realize that they didn't need to go to college to be that. And right now, if everyone having a bachelor's degree or similar and there not being enough jobs, there are a lot of jobs, but... You just you need certain training to do it. In Mexico, a lot of people are trained like in high school. You're trained to do a lot of things: carpentry, building, all 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 that stuff. But in America, like you learn things that you've been learning for years. <laughs> it, it gets too repetitive after a while, and I think we lose a lot of students because they think that's what education's about. What are you guys' takes on it? I think the level of resources needs to um, take into effect. Like, it's not fair, you know. I think everybody, like, it goes back to, like I said, social justice. Mm-hmm. Like, people should have the same amount of resources, the same amount. Like, it shouldn't be this school has Apple computers and this school has little Dell desktops and they don't load fast enough like it shouldn't be like <laughs> everybody should have the same amount of resources it's just not fair you know like I remember going back to high school and like we didn't have uh, like the top modern computer mm-hmm. we had typewriters like they had us the typewriters that was from 1962 like when were you in high school yeah like (laughs) my god it just didn't yeah it was bad like it was bad but it just didn't make no sense man books that had dust on it that just didn't the only time the dust came off is when you opened the book just the level of resources man like they keep using the same book Wait, uh, uh, raisin in the please, sun. I don't know how many times I read that story. Please don't tell me there was a textbook that said civil rights. It's gonna be a riot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forgot. Uh, mock to kill a mockingbird. I don't know how many times oh, I read that yeah. story. Like, oh yeah, everybody's read that story. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. I read <laughs> James and Giant Peach eight times. Like, Those things are funny. called high school classics. Yeah, it's there. Everyone should read, read them. that same book. For different classes. Mm-hmm. And there's millions of other books that you can learn from. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just the love of resources. That's what it goes back to, social justice. Well, uh, I don't know. For me, mm-hmm. probably getting parents involved because, you know, like, like let's talk about it. You know, let's face it. There's some that are involved and there's a whole lot more that need to get involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's hard as well because they could try to get involved, but... They still have to work a nine to five. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so the only free time they get is probably on the weekend. And, you know, working nine to five on the weekend, you just want to rest. You know, on the weekend, so, you just want to chill. Yeah. <laughs> so you can try to, like, try to do some type of games with your kids, but at the same time, it, it's kind of hard, you know, because I remember my mother, it was like four of us. Mm-hmm. And for us to get her involved, I hope she was working. So there was no time. It was times I wasn't even seeing my mother. I would come home and just go straight to sleep, do my homework. So. Yeah, I do think parents should get more involved with their kids. Like yeah. there should be more going to museums, going to bookstores, a bunch of things to kind of because parents are kids are mimicking their parents. A right. Bit. If they don't see their parents doing that, then they're just gonna then they're only coming home and watching television. What What do you expect your kid to do? Like, what kind of example are you setting? And I mean, I realize that one day I may have to work a 95 job and come home and I'll be exhausted, but I think it'll be worth it to get up off the couch and start doing things, even if I'm tired, because it'll mean a lot to my little guy if I have one. But a lot of parents, like you just hear these complaints about, well, I don't have enough time, I don't know. But I hear some amazing stories of parents who don't have enough time, who are exhausted, but they make the effort like i'd love to see more parents making the effort because you make time for what you want to make time for Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you see a lot of parents making time sometimes to go to the club at night (laughs) on saturdays yeah every friday night Mm -hmm. it took them 10 hours to get ready (laughs) like you you couldn't spend a few hours like helping your kid learn how to read or something like that yeah yeah Yeah. It's the truth. It is. Yeah, a lot of parents just send their kids off to school, expect the school to teach them everything there is to know about everything, and then get mad when a child comes back home because they go to a horrible school and the child doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Or he just copies his friends. Now some people say some people talk about some people talk about behavioral issues, and I'm like. Mm. Okay, um, so, something's got to happen. Like you can't, you can't just like keep on doing it. Like the parent has to put their foot down. There can't be like I see a lot of parents who are like they're raising their child on their own. They don't have a male influence. I'm like, okay, you, even if you don't have a male influence, you gotta do something. Definitely. Yeah, you, you gotta do something. You have to make sure they know that this is important and that they're not there for babysitting. Exactly. Yeah. My neighbor's child just, um, actually, I was on the phone earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, my neighbor got a phone call from the principal of his kindergartner's son's, you know, um, school and has to come in because this five-year-old just hit his teacher. But Whoa. this five-year-old knows. <laughs> he says, some days he'll say, I'll be good today. And he'll be great. Some days he says, no, I wasn't good. I, I wanted to be bad today. But a child with inconsistent behavior like that and knows right from wrong, a lot of times is disciplined inconsistently at home. Mm-hmm. The parent constantly threatens them, oh, I'm going to take this away, I'm going to take that away, and, the, and they never follow through with it. Mm-hmm. So, 
Parents need to be consistent with the discipline. You can't even be old-fashioned because you might get you the cops called on. Yep. <laughs> you can't even do it. Mm-hmm. I think... I think that lightning belt will help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it helped me. Look where I'm at. You know? yes. <laughs> We've all yeah, had to go through yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Also, sometimes just a conversation will help too. Like a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of times, these kids aren't their kid, their parents aren't talking to them or they don't know yeah. how to talk to them. They're just yelling. Yelling because the parent is mad. They're not even explaining what the child did wrong. A lot of times, kids get punished and don't even know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be confusing at times. Um, any more contributions before we uh, take a little break? All right. Uh, I guess by your silence, that says it all. All right, we're going to take a one-minute break. This is WHLC. I'm your host, Johnny Jones. All right. Okay, guys, we're back. Uh, uh, for those who are listening, welcome back. So, so for our guest today, how do you feel about being on a show so far? How are you liking it? It's cool. I like it. It's pretty dope. I think people will see us in a different light if they don't know us in this type of setting. Mm-hmm. You know? Sounds pretty good. We've got two more topics on the day, mm-hmm. but uh, for 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 one of our last topics, what is uh, uh, sorry? Does television affect the perceptions of people and their reality? I thought this topic would lighten up the mood a little bit. We're usually so serious. This is a bit of a serious topic, but one that we could all talk about. She got something to say. I'm going to let her say it first. She definitely got something to say. I might go go. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Take it away. Um, I do believe that, you know, television does change the perception of things because what you see on TV is what you expect to get in real life. Like, you know, if a kid grows up watching, you know, the 70s show, he's going to grow up to want to be that person, you know, to want to, you know, just not do the things that he didn't do and just do the, or do the things that he did do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does change. Like, if you see something on TV, you might think that's what's going on nowadays and that's what I should be doing. So it does change, you know, what you think and, you know, what others think around you mm-hmm. and what you already thought of before. Jesse? Yeah, it does because, you know, people imitate what they see. 
and they think it's right, especially when you have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. TV most definitely. Cut, just to interrupt, you have a unique perspective on this because uh, am I right that you're in the mu- music industry? Yeah, I'm not in it. I'm just trying to tackle it. Yeah, you're trying to tackle it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in it. So what do you think about people who look at rap music and see the, 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 just all of what they see? All what they see. It depends on, on well, I know um, there's like so much propaganda in payola. And there's a lot of rappers that don't speak about how much they have or how much bottles they pop, but they don't play that. So for the for the people that don't know that, they only listen to what they they hear on the radio and what they see on TV. And what they see on TV and listen to the radio think that's how to be if they want to become a rapper. Mm-hmm. And some person that who don't know nothing about rap mm-hmm. may say, oh, they just talk about the same old thing. There's nothing 